0: Welcome, welcome to another edition of From the Shed End podcast with myself T-Dot and as always I'm joined by Theo. So first and foremost, how are you doing Theo?
1: I'm good, I'm very well. I think a lot of the people within England are happy after Tuesday's results so I can't complain, I'm doing good, thanks.
0: Good, good. Um, and, and yeah, just as always um, for anyone listening, um, you can follow us on Twitter at From the Shed End. And also on Instagram at from the shed end with underscore between each of the words. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe as well to our YouTube channel. Um, really appreciate anyone who, you know, who does interact with us. So um, yeah, get subscribe and get following. But um, yeah, it's been a busy couple of, uh, busy couple of days, couple couple of weeks to be fair. Um, obviously we haven't had um, much in terms of Chelsea related to, to discuss, but the Euros has kept us busy. Um and obviously, we had some brilliant games. Last, well, this week as well. The, the week isn't over, but we've had some brilliant games. But um, what's your thoughts overall so
1: far um, on on the Euros? I think it's been a brilliant tournament. Um, I think Euro twenty sixteen felt a bit like a blur, you know, of the new format and you know the third the teams finishing third being able to qualify. But I think this time around, we're slowly getting used to that new format and uh, the extra kind of two groups that have been added in on. But I think just, you know, watching the games this season have been so entertaining. And, you know, even a smaller game, whether it was like the Slovakia against the Poland, was a very, very entertaining game. And now, you know, we're in the knockout stages and we're seeing some some of the smaller teams, I mean, I want to say smaller teams, but the likes of Switzerland, Czech Republic, you know, challenging the top dogs and the Netherlands and, fr- and you know, France. And I think what we have to do is watch, I think, Monday's two games, I think it was Spain, Spain um, Spain, Croatia. And France, Switzerland. And that for me just sums up the tournament unpredictable, entertaining, and lots of goals. So I think it's been a good tournament so far. And I'm hoping um, England can go all the way now.
0: Yeah. And I think um, I'd, I'd add in Sweden, Ukraine, because I think.
1: Mm, really yeah, nice. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I said all week, you know, Sweden is, is a team um, that we'll probably be facing next if we can beat Germany. Um, but to to get a result against Sweden for me was a was a brilliant result for Ukraine. But there's been some amazing games. Um, just in terms of I suppose from a, a Chelsea perspective, we've we, we've had I read a stat the other day that we've had the most players still involved in the tournament, and this was before um, the, this week kicked <laughs> off. But um, you know it's, it's a shame for players like Kai Havertz, who are feel and I know you mentioned earlier to me, um, who's had a brilliant Euros. Could arguably say had a really good end to the, the Premier League season as well, but um, yeah, but, you know what went wrong for Germany because you know they're, they're a team that you know they're not they're not the best German team that I think as I'm a bit older, you know I've seen a lot of good German teams, but what what happened to Germany at the Euros?
1: They faced England. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think I think I really like this German side. Actually, I think they're going through a transition phase. If I'm honest, I think. What the World Cup in 2018 kind of was the end of a generation. You saw the likes of players like Azor, um, um, Philipp Lahm, Schweinsteiger. I think they had their last couple of their tournament in Euro 2016. And then that World Cup in 2018 was a new batch of players that were completely inexperienced. I felt I think Timo Werner was playing his first international tournament. But I think um, now it's a new generation of talent, the likes of Kai Havertz, Gossens. Kimmich, all these players, and he was also Joachim's lower, uh, last ever tournament as a Germany boss. So I think it's a bit of a transition period. I think a lot of the top sides went through this same kind of period. I think France had it, you know, after uh, World Cup 2010, when you know the likes of Malouda and Alker, all those players kind of departed, and they brought in you know, a new batch of players. Same thing with the Spain team, maybe after the World Cup in 2014 or Euro 2016, and now we're seeing a great new batch of players. So I think it's kind of, um, I'm really expecting big, big things from Germany in, um, the, the World Cup next summer in Qatar. Um, I want to say it's not summer, next winter now yeah. in Qatar. But, um, but I think it's a very exciting team. I think all we have to do is look at Kai Havertz from Chelsea and he had a brilliant Euros, as you mentioned. Um, Timo Werner playing his second international tournament. He was at the World Cup, um, in, in Russia in 2018. But I think Kai Havertz was the star of the show for Germany. He's, he was unlucky not to score two. I think it was counted as an own goal against Portugal. But um, he was very, very good. And we have to remember, he's only 22. And um, he's building on that kind of solid end to the season he had with Chelsea. And I think alongside Jorginho and Christensen, he, he was the best um, Chelsea player at the Euros, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And just, just looking at the list of the players that are still um, involved in the, the the sort of knockout stages, we've got, obviously, um Dave, as we like to call him, um, scored a brilliant goal, by the way. Can't forget that. Um, brilliant goal for Spain. Um Batshuayi, who I'm sure, you know, is just there to in a way to make up the numbers. I don't think he'll he'll get much game time. But um Jorginho, who you've mentioned as well, arguably probably out of the Chelsea players, is probably the one that stands out for me. He's had some brilliant games for Italy and um I don't want to dub them the dark horses. I don't think that's the right term for them, but um you know, looks more to me like it's going to be an Italy-England final, but potentially, um, which would be brilliant. But, you know, Jorginho's been brilliant. He's been put, putting some brilliant displays. Um, alongside him in the Italian squad is Emerson as well. He's still there. Um, Christensen, who you mentioned, Mason Mount, uh, Ben Chilwell, and Rhys James. So we've still got a, a good, you know, complement of, of players still at the Euros. Um, just wanted to switch it over to, to England because obviously we've got, like I mentioned, the three players there. Um, arguably, I don't think Chil- Chilwell started one of the games and Rhys James as well. Um um but in terms of Mason Mount, he's gotta he's gotta start the next game surely.
1: Yeah, he started the first two against um Croatia and um Scotland. And I think it's fair to say England weren't really geared up for those two games, I felt, um, whereas against Germany they looked really up up to it. I, um so I think if Mason Mount manages to, to get back into this team then I think, you know, we'll see the best of Mason Mount like we were seeing towards that second half of the season at Chelsea. And um, he seems to be one of Southgate's favourites as well. I've, I'm still baffled by that decision for him to go into self-isolation alongside Chilwell or coming into contact with Billy Gilmore, even though the Scottish players were playing ping-pong with him the day before and he was hugging his manager. God knows what happened in the dressing room after. But um, yeah. but I think Mason Mount uh, is similar to Kai Havertz, very young but still very experienced there after the the, season, the last two seasons he's had and he's a type of player that will I think will relish the type of game against Ukraine um, so I think he should be starting but then again so should Grealish Foden and all these other quality players we have in the uh, up front for England uh, Rhys James I think he started against Scotland had a decent game I don't think the delivery was there at the point time there's there a video of Sterling and Rhys James and Sterling decides to try to dribble rather than pass it to Rhys James but we know that Rhys James has got a very, very good delivery but um but overall, I think he had a decent game. He cleared it off the line at one point against Scotland. So um, if we do go for that back um, back three of wing-backs, um, I think Chilwell and Rhys James are very good options, that wing-back having played in that role for Chelsea pretty much all season, or at least the two-quarter season. So they're very good options to have against Ukraine. And should we play um, a Denmark or a Czech Republic in the semifinals? Or maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. But, um, but yeah, I think the Chelsea boys um, in the England squad should be, I want to be seeing more of them as it currently stands
0: yeah and i i i echo that a lot i think it's um it's it must be tough for southgate and um the reason i say that is because he has got you know he's he's so um he's got a luxury midfield to choose from you know you look at like you mentioned boden Grealish, um Sterling, jaden sancho hasn't even i think he's played eight minutes 10 minutes of the of the tournament so far so um it's going to be harsh on one of the midfield players who whoever drops out i do think um Breelish has to stay in there i think he changes the game but I, I do think mount Mason mount will also give you that 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 second option of of just trying to do something whereas um you know there's times when you, you know you watch england and it's it is almost very defensive and very just you know reserved but i think sometimes in knockout football you've got to take it to your opponent you've got to be able to you can't rely on a 1-0 i don't think in a tournament game you know it, it's just not Group stages. Yeah, fair enough. But I think in, in terms of the knockout stages, you need at least two goals. You need to be comfortable in the game. And I think Mason Mount does that. You know, he's, he's one of the ones that we've mentioned on here in the past that he is probably the first name on the team sheet as well. Um, I'll I, I go as far as to say maybe I'm a bit biased, but I'd go as far as to say he's got to be one of the first to be thought about in terms of England as well. Hmm.
1: Yeah, um, I'd have to agree, especially at the start of the tournament. I think he was the first name on Southgate's team sheet for every every one of those group stage games before the isolation incident. What I like with Mount, he's a type of player that um, he's just got so much energy. 90 minutes, he can play those 90 minutes and still give that you know, that same tenacity and energy towards the end. And what I think he does that maybe Foden and Grealish don't do is that kind of defensive side to his game, where he can slot as a centre mid, maybe alongside a Bellingham or Rice. Of Phillips and also offer that defensive ability and win the ball back, which we saw at times at Chelsea. So um, I think um, against Ukraine, I think southgate have got a really, honestly, pleasant headache or dilemma to choose between all those you know midfield options. But I'd love to see more of Mount at the Euros for sure.
0: Yeah, and if we do, you know, we do eventually. And again, forward thinking, you know, if we do end up going to the final, what a season it would be in terms of capping it off with obviously brilliant Premier League season for me. Mount Mal- as a as a individual rather than as a as a team but um winning the champions league and then potentially winning the euros as well and then the super cup you know it could it could be there's the best start to to a season that he could be asking for but um let, let's let's turn our attention to um to to to, to well belgium let's go to belgium first because um as much as we haven't got we've got, obviously got them um, back but you look at the team. Obviously, Eden Hazard, ex Chelsea player, Timo Courtois, ex Chelsea player, Romelu Lukaku, ex Chelsea. So, I do have a slight interest in Belgium for that reason because i you know, a lot of our players are, uh, you know, from Belgium. So, um, what, what's your thoughts on Belgium?
1: I think they're a very good side. And I was talking to my brother the other day, and we both agreed that players like Kevin De Bruyne, Lukaku, and um, Eden Hazard, you know, who are approaching there their late thirties now, early I'm sorry, late twenties, early thirties deserve an intern uh, an international trophy. And I think um I'm not sure if KDB and um Eden Hazard will be fit for the year to the game. They're still, I think, when it's a race against time, which is what Roberto Martinez said. But um I think offensively they've got it all. You know, Hazard Hazard's having a brilliant Euros, you know, he's almost um stealing the, the spotlight from his brother and um Lukaku, that game he, he played against them. Um, I think it was against Finland, where he just looked like anything he'd shoot would score and just bullying past defenders. Um, but what does worry me slightly with uh, Belgium is maybe their defence. You know, Alder Tongen, Vertonghen, Vermarlin are players that maybe four or five years ago, you know, you class them in that world-class bracket, or at least, you know, uh, of high quality. But this this time around, they're starting to get a bit, you know, off the pace, a bit older. Um, and, you know, Italy have that pace up front. We saw it. Chiesa and Signe are players that will cause them problems, I think. So I think it's going to be a very, very cagey game. Um, I think it completely depends on maybe De Bruyne's fitness, maybe over Hazard based on the seasons that they've had. But, um, I do agree. And you know, as a Chelsea fan, we still love watching Eden Hazard and we want, we wish him still the best. So if, you know, England don't win it, I'm almost rooting for Belgium after, after England. So, um, I really kind of hope they do get a result against Italy. And, um, I like to see, um, both uh, Hazard and fit and uh, De Bruyne fit. So we, um, we get a better game as well.
0: Yeah, be be interesting. Um, be be a hard one, because obviously, like you mentioned, you know, it'd be good for some of those players that have come through at Chelsea to walk away with something. But if it's at the if it's at the cost of, you know, repeating Euro '96 for me, um, I don't think it can happen. But, um, but Billy Gilmore, um, we've mentioned him before, but um, in terms of his his Premier League club status, low move to Norwich looks like it's on the cards. Good move.
1: Yes, I think it's a, b- a really good move. You look at a lot of those Chelsea players that have come in in the last season or two, they've had one or two loan moves. Mount went to Vitesse, then he went to Derby. Abraham had a move at Aston Villa. Then before that, he was on loan at, um, I think it was Bristol was it Bristol. Bristol. City. City, I think. And um, same thing with Reese James, he had an amazing loan at um, Wigan, Wigan Athletic. So I think it is the next logical step. I think he'll be a bit, you know, he'd want to get into that Chelsea first team ever having had a few chances into in the in the starting eleven under different managers as well. But um I think if he gets that consistent amount of game time in the Premier League at a, you know a Norwich City side who have just come up, maybe they're looking to bring in some new talent, I think will be a really good load move. Um the one thing that does worry me, and we did speak about this offline, is if we do suffer an injury to one of Kante Kovacic. Or a uh, Jorginho, then we don't really have that kind of, you know, natural center mid- midfielder to come in and maybe, you know, or be on the bench and cover in case one of them, you know, has fatigue or suffers an injury. That's possibly where you look at, even though they're not natural center midfielders, but a Barkley or a Loftus Cheek possibly coming back, but they're more offensive. I feel Then maybe Tuchel might rely on mount to kind of drop back in that center mid role rather than play offensively. So I think that's going to be quite interesting to look at as well um but definitely overall a really good move if he gets that consistent game time and i know that um their manager daniel fark has a good relationship with thomas Tucor as well so i think uh, maybe they spoke about this you know about possibly sending some chelsea players out on loan to Norwich. but um i think watching him get some a lot, a lot of premier league minutes will be a you know really enjoyable for a chelsea fan
0: yeah and i think he's in terms of um how he played obviously at the euros i mean he was especially in the england game he was brilliant you forget how young he is and how technically gifted he is as a footballer, um, just with the, the ability that he's got. And I, I agree, you know, I think any any club that gets him on loan, um, very similar to Conor Gallagher, you know, I think mm-hmm. that was a brilliant move for him last season at West Brom, um, albeit it didn't work out for him in terms of West Brom being relegated, but I just think it's a brilliant move for him. You know, he's going to get minutes, which is what he needs. Is he really going to get that at Chelsea with the, the, the midfield that we've got already? I agree with you, you know, I think in terms of injuries, you look at the season that we've, we've got ahead of us as well. Um, you know, the world club, um, as well, you know, we've, we've got a lot of fixtures to play. So I do agree with you questions me whether we're going to bring someone else in. I, I personally don't think, uh, Loftus-Cheek, Barkley, Drinkwater. I think those players will be, be moved on. I, I really do. I think, it's a shame for Loftus' cheek because I think he had a, a lot of ability and I do agree with you, you know, he's more offensive um than he's more as uh, a defensive midfielder. But I just think the, the cruciate injuries just finished him. You know, I don't I don't think we're gonna see the best of him. I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but um it would be interesting to see what we do and I think we have to recruit I do think we have to recruit someone. Um whether it's a, a main starter or someone. We have to bring in that depth because we've seen other clubs do it where they haven't done that. You look at the likes of a Liverpool. Um, I'll use them as an example, but you know they they didn't replace um, some of their key players, and when the injuries came in, you noticed a massive gap. So um, we don't want that to happen to us. Obviously, you know we want to try and try and win the Premier League next season. So um, yeah, I agree. You know, it'd be a good move for him, but we've got, we've got to be careful ourselves as well.
1: Yeah, I agree, agree, agree. And um, just last thing on that, uh, Gilmore performance against um, England, it was it, it was amazing. It almost reminded me of Kante. And we have to forget how young, you know, we forget how young he is because it was such a mature performance. And it was, it was such a shame for him that he couldn't play in that final game against, um, against Croatia. Because I felt maybe had he played with that form that he, you know, he would have carried on from the England game, maybe Scotland may have stood a chance, even though, you know, they don't maybe have the other, you know, he have an ability around the pitch. But um, but yeah, he needs minutes. And I do agree that if he leaves, maybe we should look into bringing in another midfield to cover as we don't want to repeat those mistakes that Liverpool made with not having that centre-back to replace Van Dijk or even a centre-mid when Henderson was out. So, agree. Okay,
0: last couple of questions on the Euros. Um, how, how do you see it going? Obviously, we've got Belgium, Italy, um, Switzerland, Spain, Ukraine, England, Czech Republic and Denmark. What's your, your journey from there onwards to the final and who wins it?
1: I think on the other side to England, so starting with the Belgium-Italy game, I, as I mentioned, if De Bruyne and Hazard are fit, I think Belgium will, will win. Because I was at Wembley for the Italy-Austria game. And despite Italy being very, very solid in those group stage games, I didn't feel like they were up to it against Austria at times. They looked a bit sloppy, losing possession. And the times that, did, that Austria did attack, they looked like they were going to, you know, they they threatened. So I think Belgium might have just a little bit more offensively than um, than Italy to so make it to the semis. And I do think Spain as well, they're starting to really show their true ability now in the in the knockout stage, like we saw against Croatia scoring five and they scored 10 in the last two games. What I like of the Spanish side is that they've got not just one goal scorer, they've got lots of different goal scorers. You know, the likes of Ferran Torres, Morata, um so I think um, even um, the uh, Moreno from Villarreal. So I think it will be a Belgium-Spain final. Belgium getting to the final, and then I think it will be an England-Denmark semi-final. And I've just got flashbacks of World Cup 2018 when we lost to Croatia, and like I'm, I'm feeling a similar game. But um, I feel like this, what I like with this Danish side—they're very united. I feel they're extremely united after the Christian er- Eriksen in- incident. And Christen, we haven't spoken about Christensen, but Christensen's had a brilliant Euros as well. So, um, that, goal. that goal against Russia, I've never thought he had it in him. We never saw that at Chelsea, you know. So, um, I, I think he'll score next season for Chelsea. He'll get his first Chelsea goal. But um, I hate to say this, but I think Denmark will get to the final. I think it'll be a Belgium Denmark final. And um, I think Belgium will win it in the final.
0: Yeah. And I you know I've, I've been shouting about Belgium for so many years um, the last two international tournaments and you do feel they're on that horizon if they don't really do it now uh, mm. you know some like you mentioned some of their players are kind of getting to that 30 mark and you do you do wonder is the next crop of players that will make it into the international team are they going to be as good as the team that they've got now so um, it's going to be tough I mean I'm I'm always saying it's coming home <laughs> Uh, <laughs> me too me too don't worry yeah but it, it's going to be tough I, I still think italy will, will progress to the final um arguably i have to say at the games i've watched i kind of do agree with you around denmark um you see that unity around them and it's going to be a tough game if we can beat ukraine um but it's going to be a tough game either way it's going to be an entertaining saturday i think there's two good well the the, the remaining games are brilliant but I think Saturday is going to be a good day, hopefully for for all of us. I've cleared my calendar; nothing's happening on Saturday, so um, it'll be interesting. uh, Looking forward to, and I think the finals next Sunday, the eleventh. I think so. Um, Yeah, looking forward to it, but we shall see. We shall see. Um,
1: So is it England, England, or Denmark? You didn't say um, in the (laughs) the okay.
0: Um, let, let's move over to uh, to, to the Chelsea uh, sort of latest transfer news because um, I think I think seven players have, have left. Um, the key ones being um, obviously Willy Caballero, uh, Jamal Blackman's also uh, left as well. So that's two goalkeepers gone, and Marco van Ginkel um, amongst the the players that have left. But um, does that leave us with an issue um, in terms of our goalkeepers?
1: I do I think it does because when you look at um the season it Kepper was our reserve keeper I think Caballero only played that goal at um they, those two games at the start of the season against West Brom after Kepper made a few mistakes against Liverpool and the uh, game against um Barnsley at home and um I do that this was before Mendy signed for us obviously yeah. so um Kepper then became our reserve, our second choice goalkeeper, and it's looking like Kepper might be sent out on loan or maybe sold. So, um, especially if Sari wants to take him at Lazio, that's a possibility. Which leaves us with no kind of second choice goalkeeper right now. As it stands, we don't really have a third choice goalkeeper. So, I think that there's talks of. I, th- I think I'm getting oh, trying to remember his name. I think it's Carl Zigger. I think he's a an academy goalkeeper, but there's talks of maybe him being our third choice. But if we need a second choice. I kind of analysing the options. Um, this is not just, you know, based on rumours, but what I think would make sense for Chelsea. Um, and I think, you know, when you're looking for a second-choice goalkeeper, you're looking at someone who's happy to play second fiddle, who, you know, maybe is approaching the end of his, towards the end of his career, that maybe wants a new move, a new opportunity and maybe better, better money as well. So the three options that I kind of looked at or think would make sense for Chelsea were Ben Foster from Watford. He's thirty-eight. Maybe we'll get him. He's a sh- short-term solution. Maybe a bit like Caballero, Rob Green. Um,
0: he's a decent keeper.
1: He's a very decent keeper. P- very decent keeper. Premier League experience, England international. I think now he's second choice to uh, at Watford because I think they've they've signed um, the Austria keeper Backman. I think he's he's quite solid as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'd be happy to have Ben Foster as a second choice. Um, the other two keepers I've looked at were. Robin, Robin Olsen from the, um, the Swedish goalkeeper was on loan at Everton last season. He had a good spell. Yeah, he had a good spell, but I think at times he made a few mistakes, but I'm basing him on what I saw at the Euros and he was very, very good for Sweden in that group, those group stage games. I think he managed to keep a clean sheet against a, against a very good Spanish team. And um, he's, on, he's, he's, he's owned by Roma. He's a Roma player at the moment and I think he's now probably not wanted by Roma because they've got, I think he's called Paulo Lopez as their first choice. So I think Robin Olsen may be an option, and then the last one, which I think would make the most sense, is a uh, Vincente Guaita from Crystal Palace. He's thirty-four. You know, he's, he lives in London probably, and I think maybe he'll be tempted by a move to a bigger Premier League club. And every time I've watched Guaita, you know, he's had some, he's made some amazing saves. And um, I think it was two seasons ago. I think he was linked to a move to Chelsea, actually. So there'll be chances maybe we revive that kind of you know move or. But um, but we, we, we want an experienced keeper, but also quite a solid backup being Chelsea. So I think those three goalkeepers that I mentioned would make sense in my opinion, but it's completely based on what I think and not the rumours. But um, but I'm curious to see what, what you'd think about our, our keeper situation. Um, it, It's tough.
0: I think I, I'd like to see Kepa stay, if I'm honest.
1: I do as well, actually.
0: I, I want to see him stay. And for two reasons, I want him to fight for the number one jersey, number one spot albeit um, he's number one, but I want him to get, because he, when he's played for under Tuchel, he hasn't actually been that bad. And that tells me that there's been some swap or change within the, the coaching for the goalkeepers. Um, could be confidence, I don't know, but he's he's not been as bad as he was when he was under um, sorry, and obviously the times under Frank Lampard as well. But uh, if he stays, I think we haven't got an issue because I think there's another a youth a youth goalkeeper who's pretty decent. Um, I think his name's Jay- Jamie Cummings.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Also, I think he's on the brink of probably breaking into the senior squad. He could potentially be the third goalkeeper, third choice, if we can keep Kepa. Um, it all depends on whether Kepa wants first team, you know, he wants to be playing week in, week out. And if that's the case, you do look at a loan move for him because I don't realistically, uh, we're not going to sell him for the, the fee that we got him for. So... Um, it's whether, you know, what club want to take him on as well. Um, does he go back to Spain or does he go, you know, to another European league? But if we can keep Kepper, I'll be happy. If not, um, out of those three that you mentioned, because to be honest, I struggled this morning when, we, when you mentioned mm. that I struggled to, to, to pile a list of goalkeepers together. But um, I think Olsen would probably be the one I'd go for. I've watched, I watched him a lot for Everton. And he did make a lot of mistakes. So I'll be honest, mm. he made some really costly mistakes for Everton. But I always say the goalkeeper is only as good as the defence that's in front of him. And he's going to have a totally different, you know, he's going to have Thiago in front of him. He's going to have Christensen, Zuma, um, Obviously, Reese James can play right centre-back as well. So he's going to have a totally different defence in front of him. I, I do think Olsen would be my, maybe Olsen or Foster because of the experience that he's got. Mm. Um, you know, he's got he's got that level of experience that we kind of need. Um, as your third goalkeeper. So, I do think it's an issue because, you, you know, we've we've seen it before, I think the year when Cech and Kodacini both got injured and um, we had Hilario playing Champions League games for us, which, you know, he done really well, but just in terms of that, kind of, it could happen, you know, things do happen in football. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's going to be a dilemma. I think Tuchel will sort it. I think he'll, obviously, I'm sure, speak to Kepa. If Kepa wants to go, then I'm sure he'll bring in someone just with that level of quality that he knows that we're going to need as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, similarly to you, I think if I had to choose, I'd, I'd rather keep a and I think he's a very good, solid backup. And we saw it in that two goal stint how how good he was in the games he, he played, clean sheet at Wembley against um, against Man City, and some among some other good performances. But um, the one thing I do like about I think now I'm thinking about about Ben Foster, he'll bring some experience to the dressing room, and he'll be able to kind of um, you know teach some knowledge to, to the likes of Mendy and whether it's someone like Zigger or, or Cummings as our, our third choice. So, um, a bit like Rob Green did when he came, you know, for that one season, you know, I feel like he was a big presence in the dressing room and he wasn't, I think there's that r- interview where he said he wasn't scared to speak up to Sari, you know, when things weren't going right, he's, you know, claiming he didn't have a plan B. So, um, I think Ben Foster will be a great, um, addition, um, character experience and will be able to teach a lot to the, some of the younger players. But um, if I had to choose, I'd rather his stays.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And just just in terms of goalkeepers, um, I read yesterday that Ross Turnbull is uh, due to take a coaching role at uh, Chelsea. So he's at he's at Hartlepool at the moment, um, and he's he's coming back to Chelsea as part of the, the coaching staff. So um, kind of tells you that there are talks, or maybe I don't know, some sort of flutters around to say that there is going to be some sort of change within the goalkeeper um you know, structure. So it'll be interesting. Um I think it was only yesterday that was announced. So to see Ross Turnbull back at Chelsea's good as well. I really liked him. I know he was never really given the the, the first choice goalkeeper um at, at any point, but you know when he did play for us he wasn't that bad either. So be good to have him back at the club.
1: Mm-hmm. Agree. And maybe even check might get another year, you know, as a pay as you go contract or whatever it was. <laughs> Still got it. So, he still got it for sure.
0: Yeah, and uh, we can go in for him. But um, I know we're sick to death of talking about him. But Harland, <laughs> What what's your thought so far? Because we haven't spoken a while about him. T-
1: no, no, it's been a, it's been a while. Um, obviously, Jadon Sancho
0: to United looks like it's almost pretty much done now. Just waiting on medicals. So,
1: yeah. Um,
0: what does that spell for Dortmund? Can they you up are- to lose Jadon <laughs> Sancho and Harland in in the same season?
1: You are thinking if they've sold Sancho now for seventy something, seventy-two million. I think it's they pay every a year so, um yeah. over the next five years. But um maybe you're thinking we've sold this player for this much. Maybe we can afford to lose Halland now next season for I think it's, it's by buyout cost is 75 million, if I'm not yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So maybe they, you know, they'd want to keep him for another season, go as far as they can in the Champions League, challenge in the Bundesliga and then lose him for a cut fee next season. But as a Chelsea fan, you just dream of having him. We've missed out on Hakimi now, which was the other big you know, player we were trying to sign in a different position, but maybe um, not really as a position that we needed to strengthen as much, maybe as our striker position. But if we were Chelsea, I think we should be going all out for Haaland. But it's going to be trickier now, maybe negotiating with Dortmund after they've sold the player for so much and also another offensive player. So um, you do wonder, and that's what I'm starting to think, maybe if we do sign him, it will involve Hudson-Odoi and Abraham somehow as well so
0: it'll be interesting and it's interesting you mentioned uh, Tammy because i think i think 45 million's been reported from Aston Villa <laughs> as as the the fee that they're hoping to try and get him for um i'll be honest i don't think Tammy goes anywhere unless we get a harland or we get someone in that's going to be replacing him um there's talk now i think of olivia juru still staying as well with the AC Milan stuff, I think that that kind of conversation's broken down with AC mm. Milan. Um, so it'd be interesting now that obviously France aren't in, aren't in the Euros. I'm sure that conversation will escalate and go a lot quicker. But um, yeah, just in terms of Tammy, I, I do feel like if we sell him for 45 million, we we kind of I mean that's that's a bargain for, for someone who can score goals.
1: I, I was going to say, I think we're winning with 45 million. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that's a really good price. Um especially based on the season that he's just had now where he hasn't really played properly since January. I think that's a very good price and we can invest that maybe in someone like Haaland. But um, as it stands right now, I think it's more likely Giroud leaves than Abraham possibly. I don't think that one year contract really means a lot. Um, I think it looks, yeah, just a three, maybe, to, or maybe just to almost like a safety net in case the Haaland or the, the Lukaku deal, which seems like it has fell through now. Um, you know, those deals don't happen. So I think, um, Possibly, uh, maybe he might even stay at Chelsea and play. You know, a backup role to uh, whichever striker we sign. And Giroud's the one who ends up leaving to go to AC Milan. But I think forty-five million for Tammy, if I'm honest, I think is an, a lot. So I'm, I'd be happy with that.
0: Still, I think it's <laughs> I think the, the, the prices that players are going for in, t- in today's world, you know, I think it's a still. He, he's a proven goal scorer. I think he, he did it for Aston Villa. Um, he done it for the, the season when our first season, the Frank Lampard as well. He was very... You know, he played really well. He showed spells of it this season or last season under um, Tuchel. He hasn't had the best times, and I don't know what, why that is. But um, I think it's an absolute steal for a 23-year-old in, in, you know, uh, English player as well. You know, English players normally go for a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think, like you said, you know, if we can get 45 for him, we can invest it into someone else. But I just wanted to quickly read off some of the uh, free agents as of today. Um, not going to well. I will mention him, but I'm just mentioning because he's on the list. But we can't get him. on Messi.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did see a couple of like Photoshop pictures on Instagram today of him alongside Mount and Chelsea kits. But um, yeah, well, no, it's not going to happen. I'm
0: going to rule it out. But I think I think he'll. I can't really see him go anywhere.
1: We're, we're always going to have. Or you know the name of our club alongside Messi's name being you know Chelsea, but um, I can't see it happening. If I'm honest, he's a free agent, but I think he'll sign an extension at Barcelona in the coming days. I think so.
0: I think they've wanted that contract to run out for a, a very valid reason, and it's probably to throw a few more clauses in there um, and to change a lot of the contracts. And I don't think I think it's probably going to work both, best for both. You know, if they can just sign a new contract, I don't know why they didn't do that in the first place. But maybe there's something in there that it's easier for him just to have a new contract drawn up but um, another player that has been linked with us and we did speak about it on the last episode and it's sort of grown a bit of legs now is Sergio Ramos Mm.
1: yeah I've been reading the rumours apparently um, we're the favourites now I think I saw alongside PSG maybe but um, I think if we sign him I'll be really happy because I think he's an experienced player he'll bring everything that Thiago Silva brought to the club last season having a two you know together um would be a very experienced back line, maybe alongside a Christensen or a, or a Zuma. Obviously, you've got Rudiger and Aspie as well. So um, I think we'll be spoiled for choices with centre-back if we sign him. But maybe that would spell the end of Zuma's time at Chelsea. I'm not sure as well. But um, he's a player that I've always appreciated watching. Um, so if we sign him, then I'd be really happy. But I think he'll, he'll demand some high money as well in terms of wages. That's for sure. And I don't
0: think we realistically need him. I think we saw yeah. Ethan Ampadu there as well. who should play, play that role. I'm sure he'll try and fight for a place um, as well who had a, also had a very good um, albeit I don't think his red card was a red card no
1: so, no very harsh very harsh
0: um, but I'm sure he'll fight for his place at Chelsea or um, you know if not I'm sure he'll go on loan but um, would you like to see the return of Juan Mata at Chelsea?
1: Oh <laughs> From a Chelsea perspective, yes, just to see him in a Chelsea kit at Stamford Bridge, I'd love that. You know, he's one of my favourite players between that 2012-2014 period. And I think I don't have the stats at the top of my head, but the amount of assists, or goals, and assists he recorded, I think in uh, the, the Europa League season, the first time we won it, um, you know, against Benfica, was ridiculous, ridiculous. You know, so um I think realistically, I don't think we need a player like Matter in the team. And if we are going to sign the next player, I'd rather be maybe Eden Hazard. You know, so um I'm going to have to say no to Juan, even though it kind of pains me to say it.
0: Yeah. OK, Um next we've got, uh, which I'm going to say no already, but I'm going to ask you, uh, Mario <laughs> Balotelli? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no explanation needed. Uh, no. uh So Frank Ribéry is next. Uh, I'm not sure how old he is. He Surely he's got to be... um I don't I wouldn't take him if I'm honest
1: no I don't think I would I think he's he's got a bad injury record I think you know 38 years old very good player don't get me wrong you know he was probably robbed of the Ballon d'Or I think in 2013 I think it was and um, but again it's a position we don't really need a player in and um, I say no to all these players but I just know that if they do come in their experience will bring a lot to us that's for sure but um, I'm saying no to him (laughs)
0: I've got two more. I'm not going to read anything this, <laughs> but um, the, the second one um, is, is Ben Arthur. H-
1: uh, Hatton Ben Arthur. Is that?
0: No, no, no. <laughs> and this one's going to be controversial.
1: Again, centre-back, I think if we are going to sign an um, out-of-contract centre-back a Robert B. Sergio Ramos. But um, I think what we saw with David Luiz at Arsenal, it's just like, I think... I think he is finished, but I just do know as well that um, if he's alongside better players at Chelsea, players at Chelsea, he'll bring more to the team. But I think it's um, maybe a return to Benfica is on the cards. Or I also saw maybe a move to Marseille. So um, even PSG, I think PSG were linked with a move to him as well. So um, I'm saying no to David as well. Sorry. That list. Would, would take take third. I think I would now. When I've thought about it, yeah, you would I suppose?
0: with yeah. Experience, yeah. um, matter maybe so, um, but yeah, Harlan's got to be the one. I'm going to say on every podcast episode actually, Harlan's got to be the one. Um, we've lost out on the mm-hmm. now, um, obviously Jaden Sancho, which I, I kind of thought we had an interest in, Nikimi, another player we've lost, so I think mean, we've got to put all our eggs in one basket now. And yeah,
1: uh, just go for Harlan. <laughs> last thing I think I saw on Twitter is um, Fabregas has been full praise of I think it's a Monaco player called many. I think he scored, and um, he's kind of, I think. There's rumours, apparently, that I read. I'm not sure if they're true, but he might retire next season and have a coaching role at Chelsea and is wanting to bring this player with him to Chelsea. Called, I think he's called Chumeny. So um, if Fabregas rates him, then I rate him, obviously. So <laughs> keep an eye out for him as well.
0: That wouldn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. But um, it's got, got a couple of interesting weeks coming up, obviously. Um, quarterfinals, semifinals, final of the Euros. Um, I think preseason starts not long after that. I think it's only like two weeks after, a week after the Euros finishes, yeah. we get back into the Premier League. So, I'm looking forward to that, of course. Yeah.
1: Um, First week of preseason is always a bit odd, seeing as Chelsea players return that you never thought would be back at Cobham. You know, the likes of Baba Rahman, Bakayoko, and all that. So, it's going to be quite a funny one.
0: Yeah. Well, I've, hopefully, they've got new clubs <laughs> in the nicest way possible. Um, but, yeah, as always, um, you can follow us on Twitter at from the shed ends, all one word on instagram as well you can follow us at from the shed ends with underscore between each of the words um theo do you want to just give your your socials
1: yep so you can follow me at seski time seski spelt the sesk fabric as well uh, way and then time uh, post a lot about football um, euros related at the moment and obviously a lot of chelsea content so give me a follow and engage with me
0: Yep. and i've changed my my socials now it's, this is t dot changed it couldn't be bothered with the producer anymore. Don't really make music. I haven't made music for a, a year, also. But yeah, follow me. Um, yeah, let's enjoy the banter together and like and subscribe on YouTube. We need those those uh, subscribers to, to to click on the subscribe button. So please subscribe to our YouTube channel from the Shed End as well. This has been another episode of From the Shed End podcast. Thank you very much for listening.